Hello and welcome to Emerge, Evolve, Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24, and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy, where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rossgem, and I'll be your host. I went to a support meeting one day while I was home visiting my family. I lived in Austin, Texas at the time, and I was traveling to Connecticut. I came home for a wedding and to see my grandfather, who was dying of cancer at the time. I was 25 years old and sober about eight months. I was full of emotion, not able to stuff my feelings anymore. So I reached out for support and it came in the form of a seed, literally. I met a man at the meeting and afterwards he gave me a mustard seed to remind me to have faith. Just a small amount of faith would carry me through anything, he said. That date was September 14th, 1985, over 35 years ago. What are you going through in your life or at work that you need to be reminded to just have a little faith? What is faith anyway? Like this gesture of the mustard seed got me thinking and it made me happy to know, well, that I wasn't alone. I placed that tiny seed in a heart locket that I wore around my neck. So the faith was planted. And even though I didn't think about it again for about four months, until one day I remembered and I opened the locket and I found that it had begun to grow. A small root had sprouted from the seed and there was a little bit of mold, a little bit of fur on that seed. And I reflected on how my faith had grown. I was aware that I was happy and I didn't have to force things to happen or try to manipulate people or events anymore. I kept turning my will over to my source, my the God of my understanding, which I called the universe. And I was just trusting in my higher source. I was practicing my faith that things would be okay. And they always were. Eventually, I moved back home to be closer to my family, and I got an awesome job making more money than I ever thought possible without a college education at the time. I was on my way. I decided to go out and celebrate my new job, but I didn't want to call old friends because I didn't want to get into old habits. And so I went to a sober dance, like social event. And guess what? I bumped into the guy who gave me that mustard seed and stranger still, it was exactly one year later on September 14th, 1986. I had written it in my diary, which I was to discover many months later. How cool is that? And even cooler still, we talked all night and I was just lit up by the conversation. I remember thinking, I want what this guy has. And we were talking a lot about spirituality. Now he had his 10-year-old daughter with him that night. So to keep her entertained too, we went out on the street to play with their brand new Frisbee. And after about three throws, I flung it into the car lot next door, which had barbed wire fence around it. (laughs) Not one of my finer moments, but Honestly, they never let me forget that, (laughs) but we went back in and we danced and we danced. And then finally there was a slow dance and he kissed me. And at first I thought, 
oh shit. But then I thought, just live in the moment. Don't think about the future. Don't think about the age difference. Don't worry that you're filled with some anxiety and trepidation. Just go with it. Trust in the process and have faith. You see, I had been running from anybody who had showed interest in me for that first year and a half of sobriety. And now suddenly my heart was shaken. And my journey and my sobriety with my sweetheart started that 36 years ago when Paul literally planted that seed in my heart and it took root and began to grow, even though I lived 2,000 miles away from him at the time. But I had moved back to Connecticut and we ended up getting married in 1988 on June 18th. And so we'll be celebrating 33 years this month and having faith and trust, not just in each other, but in life itself has been a huge part of our relationship. You know, we've overcome many life and work challenges because we practiced our faith, like Faith in the universe, faith in each other, faith in staying sober, faith in believing that like everything happens for our highest good. We have faith in our tribe, our people uh, in recovery and faith in humanity. Now, we've had a difficult 15 months, all of us, since the pandemic started. Some of us lost loved ones along the way. Some had relapses. But I also know of people who have gotten sober and stayed clean, even while staying home, by going to Zoom meetings and sobriety club on Clubhouse. We are just so resilient when we have connections with other people and the tools to deal with life on life's terms, as we say in the program. And I've learned to love the challenges in life because it really does make me stronger, which helps me feel a lot happier. A quote that I lived by for probably the first five years of my sobriety, and I still think of it fondly, was by Napoleon Hill, who said, for every adversity, there is the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. And I believe this with all my heart. So when the pandemic hit and all my training classes were canceled and my speaking commitments got canceled, I saw an opportunity to jump in and help people in recovery to get to the next level in their career. Because as a leadership trainer, I have realized that there are so many skills that I teach that are naturally learned by people who do the deep work on themselves and work through their own personal and professional challenges. So I designed a course, since I'm an educator, it's called Recovery at Work. And it's meant to help those of you in longer term recovery, get really get past your fears and step into your full potential at work. I think that a lot of us learned to fly under the radar while we were using. And although some of us have stepped into our potential, we do it with help. And I can help you because I've seen so many people absolutely transform their lives. I know that after 10 to 15 years of sobriety, I was cruising along in my career and things were good. I had a great relationship, a good job at a company, but I was fast approaching 40 and I had a 12-year-old daughter 
she didn't need me so much anymore. And I felt the itch to make a change, like a big change. I might call it a midlife crisis. Maybe it wasn't exactly that, but I really was down on myself. I was thinking I could have accomplished more. I should have been farther along than I am, right? I should be. I, I did that shooting on myself a little bit. And I was feeling a little sad, like really, maybe I wasn't where I was supposed to be. And I began thinking much more deeply about what I really wanted in my life and what was holding me back. So I started doing more spiritual work on myself. And I realized that I still had some fear about really stepping up because my ego was trying to keep me safe and small. And that if I did step up, uh, then people would expect it of me like all the time. And I had been thinking all those years before that, that, you know, maybe that wouldn't be a good thing. Don't, don't let yourself be seen as always having to perform at a high level or people are going to start expecting that. Well, I started to think about it more and more and I realized I'm not practicing my faith here. If I want to expand, I can't, I'm just going to stagnate if I don't, right? I have to keep growing. So was I practicing my faith? Was I still turning my will and my life? my life, my love over to my higher power. So I kept asking questions of my source and I talked it over with my women's group and my mom and of course, Paul. And I really was asking like, should I leave my job? Should I go back to school? Should I become a motivational speaker? That's what I really wanted to do at the time. And, or should I get into sales for this wellness company that I was representing in my spare time? To get some answers to these questions, I went on a retreat up to Roe Camp and Conference Center back in the, they're in the Berkshires, and I attended a retreat they had there with Neil Donald Walsh. Now, he's the author of a series of books that I have read every one of them multiple, multiple times called Conversations with God books. And I changed my whole perception of the universe and God and, and my higher self and all of it. And now I had a chance to hang out with Neil and ask my questions. So it was really a fantastic experience. And I remember this one meditation that Neil's wife, Nancy, led. It was a guided meditation to meet our spirit guide and get some answers, right? So I thought in my mind, ooh, if I could meet up with a spirit animal, what would I like to see? And my first thought was a bear. I bet I'm gonna see a bear. <laughs> this is my ego trying to control. So I followed along with the meditation. I got comfortable. I relaxed my body. I counted down from 10 to one, descending the staircase in my mind. And at the bottom, the door opened and I was told I would find myself in the forest. And so the door opened and it was a beautiful, friendly, you know, bunch of trees and woods in front of me. And there was light filtering through the trees and there was a path laid out with soft pine needles and leaves. And I could hear birds chirping and it was easy to follow this path. And I began to walk. And after a while, I was told to just stop and be still and smell the smells and hear the sounds. And then Nancy said that my spirit animal that had a message for me was coming up behind me. 
and I heard the rustling of leaves in the trees and the footsteps are, were approaching. And I felt nervous and excited. I kept thinking, I'm going to see a bear. I just know it. I'm going to see a bear. And I didn't even know what question I was going to ask. But finally, she said to turn around and face what was now in front of me. And when I turned, I was totally surprised to see a tall, incredibly beautiful buck standing there, a stag in all its glory with a huge rack on his head. And I could see like, you know, the cool air, like breath coming out of his nostrils. He stood several feet away and he towered over me. And I could tell he was nervous too, but he stood his ground. I was overwhelmed with awe, like at this magnificent creature before me. And I asked him, what's, you know, what is your message that you have for me? And he said something very close to this. I want you to know that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. So be there and keep doing your best. That's all that is required. Now, this was a very auspicious message for me because, you see, I was working at the Hartford at the time, and I was thinking I really should leave there. I shouldn't still be working in a corporation. I should be like loading, you know, blankets on a bus to Kosovo or something like I felt like I wanted to do humanitarian kind of work, like help the planet or help somebody else. And so when I saw that stag, which is the logo for my company, I felt very strongly that the universe was telling me, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You stay right where you are. And so I did. As it turns out, I enjoyed another 13 years at that company and they paid for my entire schooling, which I began that fall of my 40th year of life. Right. So I ended up working for the company 27 years overall, and they paid for about $65,000 worth of my education because I went on to get my master's degree in education with a focus on training and performance improvement. So that was a huge beginning of a transformation for me uh, while I worked at that company. And in the following year, Every area of my life changed, except for my relationship. But I'm talking everything like mentally, physically, financially, spiritually, and emotionally. I went through so much. So I had in right after I had started school again, while working full time and raising my family, I had a rollerblading accident and I broke my wrist and I had a complication where I just developed reflex sympathetic dystrophy, which is like a painful nerve condition in my hand. And then three months later, I got a frozen shoulder. I also got a new job as an HR generalist. And so I was taking classes at night and on the weekends, I was working on my BA in psychology. So I took three weeks of vacation that summer and I worked with Paul as a camp director for two weeks. This was an overnight rites of passage camp for 11, 12 and 13 year olds at row camp. Responsible we were for hiring and training a dozen camp counselors. 
we had a blast, but it was exhausting. And I was dealing with that frozen shoulder. So lots of stress, good stress and difficult, painful stress. So after the summer was over, we decided to take our 12-year-old daughter out of school to unschool her. If you're interested in understanding what unschooling is, please go ahead and Google it. Because Paul was working at his own business at the time, and he was home full time. But he wasn't just setting up school for her at home and teaching her. We were allowing her to uh, sort of school herself and decide what she wanted to focus on learning. And then my dad was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And we were told there is no treatment for him. So that was the beginning of a six week downward spiral for him. Uh, so what did we do? Like we decided for some strange reason to put our house up for sale. Even as I'm relaying this to you, I just can't believe we thought this was a good idea at the time. We sold our house in early November and over the Thanksgiving break, Paul took our daughter on a 10 day trip to Japan with his sister, Jackie. And they did a pilgrimage visiting like many Buddhist temples that Jackie had relations with since she had been in the order for a, for a time. Anyway, my dad got to stay with me and my parents had a healing in their relationship in the last couple of weeks of his life. They had been legally separated for 18 years at that point. It was the first time he had spent Thanksgiving with us in, in all those years. And my dad died on December 15th. And we had his wake and funeral on the 18th and the 19th. And then our house closed on the 20th. And we moved on the 21st. We were packing since the day my dad died. And I had to ask for a lot of help, a lot of help. I could not have gotten through it without the support of my family and my friends. And then suddenly we were in the new house and Christmas was upon us and we decorated, we shopped, we visited with family. And the day after Christmas, I crashed and cried and cried for a week. Now, so much had happened since I met that stag in the forest of my guided meditation, but I was open to a transformation and I asked the questions I was unsure of and I followed the signs and the guidance that I was giving and then everything changed. And while it was changing, life threw me a lot of curveballs, right? And at times I was out of breath with it all. But then I asked for that help and my people were there for me. And I turned my life over and over to my, uh, my higher source and it was okay. I was able to heal over and over again. I healed physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually because I practiced my faith and continued to believe in myself and my family and my friends. Yes, we are resilient. Like 20 years has passed since then. I did have another major transition and transformation during the year of 2013 and 2014. When I left my corporate job after 27 years, I also had major surgery, started my own business. My daughter got pregnant and moved back home. So I had family growth again. <laughs> 
and really a complete financial change in income because then Paul retired. So we managed it all with the understanding of really knowing how to practice having faith and trusting in the process of life, knowing that we would come out better on the other side of the challenge because it happens over and over again. And all through my coaching years, these past eight years with my business, Emerge Leadership Academy, I have seen so many transformations. And they start out as fear and confusion, right? Looking for clarity, then having the courage to invest in yourself, believing in yourself and knowing you can follow this unknown path to better you know, expansion or greatness, whatever you want to call it, followed by fearlessly looking within, putting one foot in front of the other and allowing the universe, trusting in the universe to open doors to all of the possibilities that are yours for the taking. One of my clients recently just increased his income by more than $100,000 by leaving a company he was at for 15 years but he put himself out there and now is in a senior leadership position at a Fortune 100 company. Huge success. Another client went back to school, got a job after 18 months of being on disability, and is now working on improving her health and improving her career. And I'm sure you have a story too. I know there are so many of you that have very inspiring stories. Would you like to tell it on the podcast here to inspire others on how you stepped up in your life and career after getting into recovery? I would love to hear from you. So please go to the show notes and fill out that podcast guest application and we'll get in touch. See if we can get you on here. Now, if you are still struggling through a dark time, know that you are not alone, really, ever ever alone. There are not only unseen forces that are with you all the time, but there are others that want to help, that want to be there for you. Get yourself into a recovery group. If you want into Clubhouse, please let me know. I can get you connected. Remember that seed that Paul planted in my heart? That was a lifetime ago. And we are still reaping the harvest. Our daughter now has four beautiful babies. Well, they're almost seven and five and three and one and a half. And they are absolute joys that I have in my life. Uh, Recently, more recently, I got a new motorcycle and I'm riding on two wheels again. Plus, Paul and I have been across the country on our trike. We have taken the time to plan and even spend money on these long distance vacations of touring and traveling, being out in life, because we believe that it is so important for us to not have any regrets at the end of this life, to live it to its fullest, to do the things we feel drawn and meant to do. And we listen to our hearts and we help other people as much as we can. And that's, I think, what keeps us so connected and so filled with joy on most days. Now, we also, you know, obviously we have to feel our feelings when, and we have need to have faith that however 
much you allow yourself to feel the depths of whatever pain you need to go through, you can have the opposite reaction of joy, the opposite experience of joy. There's so much to be felt and enjoyed and loved in this world. And I'm absolutely delighted to share a couple of my stories with you on my journey, uh, the ups and downs of life, because you can have a transformation no matter what life throws at you. And sometimes the only way you can grow is through your deepest, toughest challenges. If you need help with that, I can help you. Please reach out to me at www.emergeleadershipacademy.com. That's my website. Sign up by taking the quiz and finding out what animal best represents your leadership style and certainly um, fill out the form if you would like to get on my calendar talk about recovery at work or if you have any questions i would love to meet with you and talk to you more life can be so sweet with faith and the positive beliefs that you plant in your mind thanks for listening today and every day until next time remember let your light shine because your contribution matters.